Welcome to the Global Missions Inc. podcast. Today's episode features Ray Kaufman with a teaching on Shamgar from the Book of Judges. We apologize for some of the audio problems that took place during the recording. The story of Shamgar and what can we learn from this judge Shamgar who was the third judge of Israel. What can we learn from him about overcoming and his overcoming blessing many other people. And, you know, for each of us to overcome, we think, well, you know, it's personal, and it is, but often God uses that to reach and bless many other people. And so that's the story here. And some key passages, um, they're just one verse you don't necessarily have to turn, but one of those two verses, it kind of sets the context of what was going on at the time when Shamgar was living is from the song of Deborah. She was the fourth judge. And in that song, it says this, in the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were abandoned. So they had paths and caravan paths and their normal routes, their interstates of their day, and it says they were abandoned. This is Judges 5 and 6. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were abandoned. Travelers took to winding paths. It wasn't safe to go on the highway, but it wasn't safe in the days of Shamgar because the Israelites had turned from the Lord and he gave them over to the Philistines. And so the Philistines controlled the highways. And that was how Shamgar lived. Uh, When they needed to travel somewhere, they, they took a roundabout way. They hid from the Philistines because the Philistines were in control. And then in 1 Samuel 13 and 19, it, it speaks a little bit. It's a different time, but very much like it could have been in the days of Shamgar. It says this, Not a blacksmith could be found in the whole land of Israel. Because the Philistines had said otherwise, the Hebrews will make swords or spears. And so the Israelites lived and they didn't have weapons because the Philistines had all the blacksmiths. And if you needed something made of metal or iron, you had to go to the Philistines and they weren't going to Uh, make you a sword or a spear. And and so that was kind of the life. It was a low time in Israel because of their sin. Then the other verse that speaks of Shamgar is the end of Judges 3 and 31. And it says this, After Ehud who was the second judge, came Shamgar, 
son of Anath, and this is all it says about Shamgar, who struck down 600 Philistines with an ox goad, something called an ox goad. And he, too, saved Israel. So an ox goad is really like a cattle prod. They used it for the oxen. And it would be a pole made of wood about eight foot long. And there was a point at the end, and if you were plowing in the field, you would jab the oxen to get them to go. That was an ox goad. And if you remember the story of Paul on the Damascus Road, and the Lord struck him off his horse, Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? It's hard to kick against the goads or the pricks. And he was referring to something that was common at that time, an ox goad. Because an oxen would want to fight against that pain, and sometimes they would kick back against the ox goad, and it wouldn't turn out well. And Jesus was saying, Paul, the way you persecute me is just like that ox kicking back against that ox goad. So anyway, that was the state uh, that Shamgar lived in. He was a farmer, yet he overcame. First of all, he was in a, a tough situation. And the first thing he did, you know, he started where he was. He was just a farmer. He didn't have any weapons. He wasn't trained. He faced a, a large army, but he wasn't content where what their situation was, and he sought to do something about it with the help of the Lord. He was just a farmer, but he started where he was. And the Bible is full of that. You know, the first step in overcoming, you know, we might think we need to start someplace else. We might need to get some skill. We might need to get some training. We might need our situation to be different and prepared in a different way. But Shamgar just started where he was. He was a farmer. I think of uh, how often, you know, personally, I can be unwilling to start where I am. Daniel, taken captive in the Babylon, in a foreign land without power, just a young lad, and it says this in Daniel 1 and 8, how he started where he was at, he said he purposed in his heart. And that's where it starts for us, by purposing in our hearts that he would not defile himself. He was in no position of power, but he purposed ahead of time that he was going to please the Lord, and he purposed. And that's what we need, to purpose in our hearts, not to defile ourselves before the Lord, with the portion of the king's meat. It started in a very simple thing, so to speak, what he ate, although it wasn't simple, uh, nor with the wine which he drank, because the potion he was given 
where he was at by focusing in his heart. And in Luke 16 and 10, it speaks about that faithfulness, where we're at in those little things of life. It says this, if you're faithful in little things, then something will happen from there. And that was Daniel's experience. That if you're faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. We start where we're at in these little things of life, and God can take it from there if we're faithful in the little. Daniel started as this service God elevated him to second in command in a foreign land. And number two, you have to start where you're at, but two, you have to use what you have. Samgar didn't have any weapons. He didn't have any military training. He faced a large force. He was a farmer. It didn't look like things were for him, but he had an ox code, and he knew how to use it. This pole. And you might think, you might disqualify yourself if you were him and think, this won't do any good if you reason it out. But he was willing to trust the Lord and use what God had given him at that time. And God gives each of us what we need in our lives to overcome. We may not recognize what it might be, but God gives us those things to overcome. The second judge had a unique name, Ehud. And anybody left-handed here? Okay, well, Ehud is your guy. The Bible, so we got two, right? You left-handed? So there are two people, well, Ehud is your person. It says that he was left the second judge. And you wouldn't think <laughs> that's a special gift from the Lord, but the Lord used it to raise him up to be a judge. The, uh, when he was living, the Moabites had control of the land, and Ehud went to pay tribute to the king of Moab, and he paid tribute from the Israelites, and then he came back and said he had a secret message for the king. And you would think that would be kind of a warning signal for the king of Moab, but he let him in and he locked the door behind and sent all his servants out. And he hid a, a dagger and he used his left hand to kill the king of Moab and deliver the Israelites, but he used that special gift that Ehud had, being left-handed. He asked Moses what he had in his hand, and Moses said, Abad, and God used that to deliver the Israelites. He had David have a slingshot against Goliath, a, a simple thing that a boy would use at that time, but God it in a miraculous way. He let David use what he had, a slingshot and five stones, 
uh, to kill a warrior, Goliath. In Second Peter 1 and 3, it says this, speaking to each of us in the power that God has given us, it says his divine power has given to us, that each of us, we may not think we have special power, but God said he's given divine power to us. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That is overcoming. That divine power that he's entrusted in us weak vessels in the flesh, but he's given us divine power through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Praise God. Uh, divine power entrusted to each of us that will help us lead a, a life of godliness in a world compromise. In Proverbs 18, 16, it says this, a man's gift makes room for him. The Lord gives each of us spiritual gifts, natural gifts, and God is able uh, to make room for those gifts to operate. And here it says, and bring him before great men. We never know what God will do with those gifts he's given us, but he has the ability to lead us to paths that will, things we never thought of that God would do. So for each of us, use those gifts that God has given you. Spiritual gifts, natural gifts, use it for his glory. And then number three, the third thing as far as overcoming the thing that Shamgar did is do what you can do. So it doesn't say exactly how he did it, but it says he, he killed 600 Philistines with his ox goat. Now, we know that God can do miraculous things, and it could have happened all at once. We don't know for sure, but somehow I think it was a day-to-day -day thing that he would do what he could with uh, what was put before him that day and trusted God to, to take it wherever it would lead. And uh, isn't that what God asked us to do day-to-day? do what he'd asked us to do. I have a friend that I worked with, and he had started the job I was at, and he was doing a good job, but he'd only been there a couple months. And uh, when, you know, every job is different, but it usually, like, uh, it takes about six months to really kind of feel comfortable when you're at a new place, at least in programming, kind of to understand how things are done. And in about two months, and I thought he was doing really well, he came and, and said, you know, he just didn't feel like he was doing 
well, uh, in his job, uh, you know, he wasn't learning quick enough, and and so I tried to encourage him, and uh, because I really felt that he had all the qualities to to do the job and to do it well, and up to that point, he was doing a good job, but he was getting ahead of himself and expecting something kind of a finished uh, job at a two-month stage, and I, so I told him, you know, our job is a little bit like getting this large jigsaw puzzle, and each day you work on it some, and, and you start to fill in the edges, and it becomes a little clearer, and the next day you fill in a few more pieces, and then all of a sudden, after a period of time, you may not recognize it, but all of a sudden, the pieces are coming quick now. And you you feel like you see the picture, you have a vision, and many times that's the way it is in our walk with the Lord. It is a day-to-day thing uh, to walk with the Lord. And I feel like that is how it was with Shamgar. He might have picked off one or two this day and two or three this other day. and And after a period of time, maybe many months, the number had risen to 600, and the highways were no longer abandoned because the Philistines no longer controlled them. There came a point where they overcame after that day-to-day walk, using what you had, doing what you could, uh, you, you know the story in the Bible of the loaves and the, uh, the fish where Jesus was testing them and they had a large crowd and, and he asked the disciples, you know, about feeding the people and they came back and after their best counsel, they wanted to send them away. And, and they said, you know, this would cost so much. Maybe uh, I forget exactly how it might have been a year's wages to feed the people. And then one of the disciples said, well, there's this boy here, and he's got five loaves and two fish, but what is that among so many? But God is able to use the little that we have if we'll entrust it to him, and God increases. So it's so important in our life not to measure it, but know that God is the one who increases. And uh, Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians 3 and 6. He says, I planted. So he did his part, planting seeds of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he said, Apollos watered. So they each had a job to do. Each one was important, but ultimately... That God was the one who gave the increase. They each did their part. We each do our part, but only God can give the increase. We entrust it to him. And I'll just close with this verse from Ephesians 3.20. It's a real encouragement to me. Speaking of the, the one that we trust in, the one we can put full confidence in. 
the one that we believe in, it says this about our Lord. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, and that's a lot. <laughs> he exceeds, our God, our Lord exceeds abundantly, exceedingly abundantly, not in small measure, but in great measure. And then it, it, it says above all that we ask. Now, we might think that we can ask for a lot. But here it says that the one we pray to and ask is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we can ask. Now, how many of you have good imaginations? And we can sometimes, like, uh, sometimes in my dreams, you know, you become a superhero, where it's very different than natural life. But um, here it's, it goes beyond that. It says, you know, he goes above all that we can ask or think or imagine according to the power. And, and then it says an amazing thing in the providence of God that he would entrust that power in vessels of clay. It, it says according to the power that worketh in us, in you and I. As weak as we are, it said he's given us, he's able, he's given us his divine power, all things that pertain to life and godliness. And here it says uh, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. That's a lot. That is a lot according to the power, amazingly, that worketh in you and I. Praise God for who he is. All glory to Jesus. If you would like more information about the moving of God's Spirit or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org.